commercialization, revenue growth is a problem for startups, right? But what is the problem which corporates face? So once you address it from a corporate perspective, because corporates are also struggling to innovate, most chief executives of of large enterprises would yeah. say and say that how do they how do they ensure survive you know the survivability and sustainability. Mm-hmm. Hi guys, welcome to the Being Yourself show where we talk to the people who have followed their passion to achieve great success. My guest today is Vishal Gupta, who is an ex-investment banker turned businessman. More about Vishal in the video. In the first half of the interview, I will be talking to him about his motivation for leaving a high-paying investment banking job to start something from scratch. In the second half, I will be learning some of the key skills that are required to be successful but are not taught in the schools. So if you get any value from this interview, then please do consider subscribing to my channel by tapping on the subscribe button and hitting the bell icon so that you get notification for all my future videos. So for now, enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome to the Being Yourself show. Today my guest is somebody who has been a very successful investment banker. He has worked with the names like JP Morgan, ABN AMRO and Lloyds Bank. He's worked on more than $100 billion worth of transactions. And then all of a sudden he decided to leave that lucrative career and started his own venture. He's been working and connecting the investors to the inventors throughout the world. He has also been a keynote speaker, presenter and a serial entrepreneur. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Vishal Gupta. Yeah, thank you, Ajay. Vishal, first of all, thank you very much for coming in. My first question is, why did you leave such a great career that people die to get into and started your own? What was the motivation behind? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't sudden. Uh, it was. I had great uh, career in investment banking, as as you said. I think what is happening across industries, if you look at it, the lifespan of industries, the time the growth industries go through a growth phase, they reach maturity and, and decline. And uh, I think investment banking in general went through that spurt of growth in the late 90s or early 2000s and then reached a pinnacle. And then we all know with the financial crisis, which unfolded in 2000, 2000, 2007, 2008. And uh, from there, there on, I wouldn't say the industry has uh, gone into decline, but it's kind of readjusted. And I think 2008, post the financial crisis, it was very clear that the industry will go through a structural uh, adjustment. And I had been fortunate working in the city and a lot of people used to say that what will happen to the future of London, future of the city with uh, the financial services in this turmoil. They said, no, it will reinvent because a new sector would take over. And that was the beginnings really, if you go to see with this tech and startup ecosystem coming up. So that came over. I eventually continued in in the investment banking space until 2012, 2013, and uh, you know that's when one realized that you know structurally the industry is going through a through a change, and growth is happening in in other areas or in other forms, and that is what made me look and consider options in 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 other areas. And then you started in 2013. You left the job. You started in another venture and then in 2016 you launched a company called Kabila. Yeah. And as far as I know, you are actually managing the transactions worth more than $100 million. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. 
so it was an it was an evolu evolution once you leave the umbrella of a large corporate uh, so it was i did some exploration in terms of what is uh, needed i had the fortunate of being for, I, I was fortunate being in london going to a lot of networking events which i naturally like to do network and meet uh, with people understand what they're doing and that was the stage as i mentioned when the techs and startup or fintech uh, ecosystem in in london was uh, was taking off uh, in the meantime we were working on a few pr private investment opportunities uh, with uh, with some of the clients and 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 with a few of my former colleagues which uh, which which we knew and then gradually i got more and more immersed into the tech uh, and venture capital uh, ecosystem in in london and that's what eventually has uh, led me to found my current venture which is kabila which we started in 2016 what's up with the name yeah so yeah so so kabila means tribe uh, so we are an innovation network uh, the the thinking behind it was that innovation uh, today is global it's it's beyond boundaries so that's what we wanted to create with kabila very community led community based platform also as with the tribe different members of the community have different skills or or things which they can barter and that is also something which is which is uh, there as part of this kabila or tribe that the you know it's a connector platform you could be uh, creating innovation as a tech startup you could be you know providing access to capital as an investor or you could be providing access to markets as a as a large corporate and it is how we bring together these various constituencies uh, from uh, different parts of that uh, ecosystem and create a cohesive community where each person has something different to contribute so it's a give and take uh, kind of a relationship which exists and within that that's how we operate various pro programs under the banner of what we say as a strap line connecting innovation with uh, enterprise and and capital capital it's a very ecosystem community led approach where we try to create value for Uh, stakeholders across uh, the ecosystem mm -hmm. and there have been some uh, events that we see in uh, in and around london wherein uh, these startups and the people who want to raise more money come to the events and meet the people who have money i think in your case as you just said that you have the third part which is allowing people to explore different areas like different geographies for example is that the only differential advantage into your events or there is something more which is different to why we should look at yours versus what is going on yeah yeah so for us the events or conferences uh, which which we do is 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 one form of creating uh, engagement so what we are really operating is 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 programs for commercialization or investment in innovation where in startups or scale ups can become part of the program and find ways of taking their innovation to market or raising capital to fund their innovation or growth corporates who are looking to get access to innovation can come into this program and get access to innovative startups from different parts of the world and act as either customers or channel partners or co-creators with this uh, with these entrepreneurs and then investors can come in and get access to a you know to a to a to a new asset class of uh, of of investment so what the events uh, you know serve to do is they 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 kind of in a face to face manner get that network effect 
uh, growing because what we've also found, found is that people are very uh, good in terms of their first degree networks and mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people have similar so you'll find if you're a startup you will naturally gravitate around a lot of different startups uh, around your area if you're, an in, you're running a venture capital fund you'll you know network with a lot of other people who are working in the VC industry so our role really is to bring these different networks together mm. so we like to say that we are a network of networks so we are connecting disparate networks because that's when those creative intersections and collisions happen and that's where you have opportunities for you know commercial partnership where some where people can actually look at exploring business mutual business opportunities uh, together so that's what we do in terms of curating both the programs which we do and then the events which form or the conferences which form part of this it's really the curation aspect of it that how do we get the right mix of people in the room who each have something to give something to take uh, as i mentioned and with the global connections bit which has been a key theme to across all of a number of activities which we do as well also to open people's horizons to what are the opportunities beyond the immediate mm. yeah i think and that that network of network thing that that makes a lot of sense and moreover when you go to these kind of events i've been myself to few and there is a certain buzz that gives you more ideas even though you're not looking for them isn't it yeah uh, so what do, in your opinion like you have been running this kind of events for last 7 7 years right what are the first top 3 challenges if you want to call it for the startups and the scale ups in order to grow from where they are right now yeah yeah i mean so we when we first started doing events and that was something organically we didn't think about you know like oh let's do an event it was something we just just came let's get people together and 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 see what 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 happens mm -hmm. but and and then obviously there are a number of events which which happen so what we try to do is create a curated experience so we recently hosted the india innovation day uh, you know two weeks ago and where so we give try to make create a comp, you know a comp comprehensive networking experience for different people who come together so you have panel sessions you have unstructured networking but we also have structured networking mm -hmm. so for example as part of this conference we 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 pre-scheduled 150 plus one to one meetings which took place on the day with 30 plus participating corporates investment funds and trade agencies so the startups wow. and the scale ups had the opportunity to meet them and some of these would fructify into uh you know tangible business or investment uh, outcomes mm -hmm. so when you come to a conference like this it is you know giving you networking values you you listen of course to top class uh, speakers you get some ideas flowing and then you network informally to get this those creative intersections again so i think that's to answer your question that's what uh, uh you know we seek to do with these uh, conferences uh, to answer your other question in terms of the challenges which are facing Uh, startups and uh, scale ups i think they have been well addressed well identified well articulated in terms of you know access all startups and scale ups go through access to capital access to market markets access to resources uh, yeah so all that we address but uh, again the, the approach which we have taken with uh, the the programs apart from the conferences where the, so we operate two other you know programs uh, which is one is the global fintech innovation lab and the second is what we call the crossover innovation a uh, uh, a program so we've taken more of an ecosystem based approach uh, to this and in addition to looking at how we support the startups and scale ups in addressing their pain points 
you also create the pull factor in, in bringing in the corporate innovation and the venture capital uh, ecosystem and looking at things from their perspective that how do you create that pull factor, how do you address the problems from their perspective. Because on the other hand, you speak to VC funds, the VC venture capital industry is also going through its own growth pangs where, uh, you know, the ones which are up and running, they would say that there is plentiful capital available, but then there are new venture funds which are being set up. So how do we support that? How do they access capital? How do they, how do they access deal flow? How do they support their portfolio companies? So you also look at pain points from the perspective of the venture funds. You all, and you look at pain points from the, yes, commercial, commercialization, revenue growth is a problem for startups, right? But what is the problem which corporates face? So once you address it from a corporate perspective, because corporates are also struggling to innovate, most chief executives of of large enterprises would yeah. say and say that how do they how do they ensure survive you know the survivability and sustainability, mm -hmm. right? So how do you get them uh, to engage in a meaningful manner with the startup ecosystem around open innovation, enable them to embrace uh, uh, innovation and quick and you know some of those would have transformational outcomes uh, for the, for the business. So. The approach here is to look at it uh, uh, holistically, that not, fo yes, focus on startup scale-ups, but once you take a more ecosystem-based approach, mm. then you can create a functional ecosystem. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of uh, not just treating the symptoms, you trying yeah. to understand the bigger picture and then address yeah. the issues. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so what are your focus areas now in the near future with your three different segments of uh, of the events in the business. Yeah. So uh, one with the uh, programs which uh, which uh, uh, we are operating. So uh, the India UK Tech Bridge program, which we operate, uh, the India UK crossover program, uh, that we've expanded in focus to be more globally uh, or, or orient orientated, uh, uh, giving access to those uh, startups or scale ups from India or UK to more global market opportunities or and also helping both global startups, investors and corporates to tap into innovation which is happening into uh, these markets. We have expanded the program to 50 companies, so which we call the crossover 50, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, we did a pre-release of it as part of the India Innovation Day uh, two, uh, two, weeks, uh, two weeks ago with 25 fantastic you know, startups or scale-ups uh, represented in, as part of that. We are running on the corporate side of things, as I mentioned, to create the pull factor. We are running 10 innovation uh, challenges with, with across uh, 50 plus enterprise partners and what those innovation challenges uh, enable us to do is identify real problem statements and use cases mm -hmm. because that's when we create commercial opportunities and generate engagement from both the corporate side and the startup side. So what we are acting here is creating commercial opportunities by on one hand looking at problem statements from the market from large enterprises and then sec on the other on the other side looking at uh, use uh, solutions or use case uh, solutions to those use cases which startups or entrepreneurs uh, may be working on mm -hmm. so we're running those 10 innovation challenges and we're looking for more industry partners to come in and uh, partner with these innovation challenges or define innovation challenges and then on the investment side of things uh, we are looking at uh, uh, what we say building a collaborated pool of uh, 100 million dollars uh, to invest uh, in this uh, in this uh, in this ecosystem so, so so which is the top 3 or let's say top 5 industries that are getting a lot of traction nowadays 
Yeah, so, you know, fintech as has been uh, made out or well written is that uh, you know, everybody talks about uh, fintech, but I, I think now we are going into this phase two of uh, fintech or phase three of fintech, which is where fintech is going global mm -hmm. and you look at uh, uh, a lot of uh, niche local fintech players have come into being and challenge traditional the BFSI players on the same side, the traditional BFSI players have reinvented themselves and embraced uh, uh, fintech. So in that sense, there's uh, the, the two coexisting uh, together. But in terms of if you look at where capital investment has gone in in the last six to twelve to eighteen months, is uh, a lot of growth capital has gone into some of these scale-up fintech companies who are now looking at being global companies potentially of the size of uh, you know on an amazon or a google whether they get to that scale but you know they're talking about you know being large global uh, leaders in fintech being created over the next four to five years mm -hmm. uh, or some of the local leaders emerging into global leaders so that's on the financial services or fintech side of things uh, but then across of course across sectors uh, innovation is uh, disrupting the consumer and enterprise. Uh, so industrial AI or industry 4.0 or the fourth industrial revolution yeah. as people refer to. So uh, there's a lot of <coughs> innovation being em already embraced uh, in, in, in those uh, uh, areas. So in some respects, it's uh, technology or innovation is not limited to any sector, whichever industry or whether it's a small business, large business, or you're a consumer, uh, somehow we're all impacted with changes in technology and innovation. Mm. That brings me to my next question, which is about the top tech trends that you think are going to be hot, hot in 2020. Yeah, well, look, there's always uh, you know, hot trends and technologies go through hype cycles, whether it's AI or, 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 or blockchain. Uh, I mean, our approach has been we tend to look at things less from a technology-led perspective. Uh, we look tend to look at things more from the end commercial applications and how that technology or is is applied. Uh, so in that sense, we tend to be agnostic to what okay. type of technology uh, it is. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are certain areas in technology which will get more momentum and uh, have a greater impact than others. Uh, but just the way we operate, our focus is looking at the the ultimate commercial applications of of that. And to us, we are slightly agnostic in terms of what that core technology is. Uh, we're more interested in terms of the how the uh, delivery of services, uh, the the creation of the product, or the functioning of the enterprise uh, is getting impacted. Mm -hmm. And we would look at technology as being an enabler to bring that about. Okay, so that's a great insight about the market and industry. There's one more focus that we have on this channel and which is about the education. And I wanted to start um, by asking you, tell us more about where did you get your education? What have you done and where did you study, etc. Yes, yeah, so, so I grew up uh, in, in India and I did my education in, in, in India. and. Uh, I was lucky to uh, go into two of the creme de la creme uh, universities uh, in India. So I did a bachelor's in technology from the Indian Institute of Technology, IID in Kanpur. 
and I uh, did my master's in business administration MBA from the Indian Institute of Management. Uh, you know, I am in uh, Ahmedabad. My second question is um, about the impact that you have even before you got into your college, right? So when you were a teenager or maybe even less than <coughs> 10 years old, was there something that you learned while you were growing up which had a huge impact onto your career or onto your personal life? Yeah, I, mean, I, I was, you know, in, in India at, the, at a growing stage, there is a lot of uh, emphasis on, on academics and education. It forms a vital part of your uh, growing up years. Uh, I was, you know, I don't know, fortunate or whatever, but supposedly, uh, you know, doing well in terms of the Indian education system. Uh, uh, but I think what the memory I do have is that uh, I had this 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 willingness to 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 challenge a little bit of uh, you know rebellious tendency you can say to to explore what's 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 outside. Mm -hmm. So uh, even though back in the day there wasn't so much emphasis on you know sports and other, activities so i used to be an active cricketer uh, in my school days i used to you know play at the university level um, and get involved in other uh, you know other activities and i had a curiosity to explore things outside the immediate again uh, you know so again like you know connecting the dots backwards you can say that somehow in in my role when i made the shift which might uh, have been when I did it, be appeared to be slightly unconventional, leaving a mainstream corporate career job and moving to entrepreneurship. Mm. Uh, but I had this, uh, you know, maybe perhaps looking back, uh, even from my earlier days, I had this, you know, tendency or proclivity to explore what's uh, outside and maybe look at things at the, at, you know, maybe outside my comfort zone and, and see what's happening there. So now th this brings me to my a very hypothetical question. How much credit do you give of your success to the education that you have received? So let's say if you would have not gone to the places where you have for your studies, would you be at the same place where you are or it would be different? Yeah, so you know there's a lot of debate uh, these days about uh, the, whether the educational system is functioning, not functioning, what should it be, what it should it not not be, you know, perhaps there is no one uh, fixed uh, answer. I can break it down into, in terms of one, education has a learning value. Second, it serves as a launch pad to career opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it, for, for me, yes, it served as a launch pad uh, to, to career opportunities, how much of that learning one is directly utilizing, I, I, can't, I, I, I can't say. But the one thing which I would point out, you know, apart from perhaps not about my personal experience, just but as an observation, in terms of, perhaps one observation I have is in terms of uh, the selection process for the education. And you mentioned about how difficult it is to get into this. And I think one of the things which we are doing with the selection process is selecting, pay, playing a, paying a lot of emphasis on ability and perhaps not so much on interest. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I recently met somebody in, 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 in Delhi who 
is a very successful fashion designer and set up a fashion label. And she said back in the day, she could not get entrance into any of the fashion institutes mm. in India, right? So what did she do? So she learned on her own because she had the persistence and the passion to really do it and she's made it through. But that's the one story we hear. Mm. There might be hundred others who could also have done it, but because they were judged on some kind of metric of ability, uh, but not necessarily of interest, who did not get uh, that opportunity. So that's the one thing which I would say if we can somehow, uh, you know, figure out a mechanism of also ensuring that your your intake into some of these high quality universities is also based on people's interest mm. to really pursue careers in that domain, I think then we will create a bigger impact. What are the top skills that are required in order to be successful, but the education wherever you have studies has completely missed out on them? I think everybody has their strong points and weak points. Uh, so, and I think the we've got to adjust uh, uh, with, 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 with that. So these days there is an era of continuous uh, learning. That's why you have these, you know, online courses or MOOCs, etc., which is in terms of, you know, upskilling uh, yourself in terms of functional skills. Which is as as I going back to where we started that in we're going in a phase where industries are lifespan of industries is shrinking. So through our working career. We have to reinvent ourselves two or three times mm. so we can either upskill ourselves functionally uh, but also there is you know as is well made out there are other you know soft skills aspect of where dealing with uh, different uh, different 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 people uh, the so the, the communication skills managing across cultures uh, uh, that's the skill which one needs to develop and uh, I think uh, also it's uh, about particularly as an entrepreneur you got to develop a lot of persistence uh, to to deal with because entrepreneurship is is hard uh, you know it's uh, working in even though there's no job security or job certainty even in large corporates or any type of corporate jobs but you have some sort of security net a lot of things in your in your life are taken care of when you are operating independently or start to operate independently and even after you get to a certain stage you you have to deal with a lot of pressures yourself so yeah. and I think that's uh, one of the things uh, to, to bear in mind and I think that's where a lot of now fortunately a lot of people are been coming out and talking about uh, you know the mental health aspects of it uh, both on the corporate side of co the corporate side of things it's been talked about for a while but also I think in the in the in the startup or venture space people are understanding that how it is even more uh, uh, important so I think as a as a life skill uh, that's uh, something which is which is vitally important yeah I think I completely agree with that because I read somewhere that the, the current education system that we had was actually um, prepared in the industrial area industrial era uh, and the skills that have been taught are still have not evolved as much as we have evolved as humans.
the kind of advancement that we have seen in technology and the skills that you said, the persistence, and also the networking, for example. And uh, nobody teaches you how to dream big, how to rise up after the failure. And those are the kind of things that are key right now in order to survive and grow. And I think that's one thing that I also personally believe that should be included in some way or form into how we teach the children. And the Let me ask you about the long-term goals that you have going forward. You know, so with, uh, at the moment, we're very focused on, or I'm very focused on, on, on building Kabila or building the global, you know, innovation tribe. We think there's a lot of work to be done uh, there in terms of supporting the overall uh, global innovation ecosystem. I think still some of the constructs which are there in terms of goes back to the problems which we discussed from whether from a startup perspective, the fund industry perspective uh, or the corporate perspective. I think all those things, we haven't reached a stage where we have a steady state solution. We are still at a stage where we have, we are utilizing old stage, old, old world constructs in the innovation ecosystem. Uh, so I think that's where, I, at least I've committed the next 10, 20 years of my life to see or being able to play a role, or whatever small role uh, we can in terms of being a facilitator uh, for that, uh, you know, for that innovation uh, ecosystem, uh, you know, be it in terms of enabling startups uh, to scale and become global companies, uh, whether it is helping large, larger enterprises to partner with these uh, startups and bring innovation into their into the way they are functioning or delivering their services and products, or supporting. Uh, the flow of capital uh, into the innovation uh, ecosystem from an investor perspective. Uh, so I think that's where, you know, 10 or 15 years down the line, that's what I'd like to see is to have played a role in that. Mm. And uh, tell our viewers if they want to reach you, because you have a lot of good stuff. You have a lot of new startups that come and meet under that one roof. And you have a lot of people who have come with a lot of money. So there might be a lot of people who are interested in what is going on and what are, when is your ne next event and how we can reach you, really. Yeah, so uh, I mean, LinkedIn is one place where you, you can uh, find me and, and, and add, add, add me and uh, uh, reach out where I try to respond to most people who, who connect uh, with me and or, or if they, anybody wants to engage with any of our programs, uh, you can go to our website which is kabila.life and you'll find different ways in which you can engage with uh, with various programs or you can participate in one of our future conferences um, and that's uh, you know a way of finding out you know what we are doing and meeting a few others in the ecosystem as well so those are the ways you can reach out to me Thank you very much for that, uh, Vishal. And guys, if you want to raise some funding or if you have some idea, then get in touch with this guy. He has been in touch with a lot of venture capitalists, a lot of angel investors and a lot of inventors. 
and kabila.life is your website as you said which is k-a-b-e-e-l-a that is kabila.life as in life is beautiful thank you vishal thank you very much for your time really appreciate it and bye everyone i will see you again next week till then be yourself yeah. thank you Ajay. <laughs>